Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Sheffield, along with my good friend, Artemis Brower. Artie, how are we doing, my friend? We're good, man. We're good. Doing real good. Good. How, how, how was the trip? It was fun, man. It was, it was, you know, I hadn't seen Pops in, in over two years, so it was good to get down there. Saw a whole bunch of alligators. Probably seen, seen alligators the last week that I have in my entire life. Uh, so that was, that was pretty cool. Did a little swap boat tour and... Um, done the tour of Silver Springs. They had like glass bottle boats, saw manatees and things like that. So it was uh, it was cool. And then obviously we get real good down there. So it was good to go down there and uh, catch up with Pops. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, good to good to hear that. Hope Pops is doing doing well. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I haven't seen your dad since maybe graduation. Um, great man. I think we've told this story already on the podcast when he showed up at the at, at our door and I had never met him. Yeah, yeah I, think and, we, I think we said that a couple times, honestly. And Artie's dad shows up and it's this hulking man, honestly. I mean, your dad's probably, what, 6'5"? Yeah, 6'3". Six six I don't know. I mean, I, I'm 6'1", six 6'1 one, six one and a half on a good day. And your dad was... I, I was looking at your dad's chest. I, I felt like this man was huge. Um, He's not a small man. He's not small. And I mean, heavy set guy. And he get he knocks on the door and he's like, "Where's Artemis?" And I said, uh, "Knowing Artie was in his bedroom, uh, I was like, um, what shit did Artie get himself into this time?'" And uh, <laughs> I, I said. Let me let me see where he's at. <laughs> and I, I went into Artie's room. I closed the door, went into Artie's room, and I was like, yo, Artie, th- there's this big guy outside looking for you. I, and he's like, oh, it's probably my dad. And I was like, no way. That, that's his dad. <laughs> and Artie walks to the door, says, opens it. What's up, Pops? And I was like, these, like, they look nothing alike. Um, yeah, we don't. We don't. So... Yeah, I mean, that that's how I met Artie's dad, uh, Artemis Brower. The is he senior or or the first? Yes, yeah, it, it, technically the first, but it, it doesn't matter. First senior, he doesn't, he doesn't really have a preference. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you got to get go down there. You you drove, right? You didn't fly. Yeah, yeah we drove. Yeah, eight and a half hours down to uh, Ocala, Florida, right outside of Orlando. So uh, next time we'll yeah, next, I, next, next time I'm gonna fly. I don't I don't drive more than six hours. That's just yeah, that was, um, it was not fun. Especially the, the, the car ride back. My God, I felt like we were on the road for 20 hours. So yeah, I get I guarantee it wasn't worse than the car ride back from Miami on spring break. No, no, the, well nothing can honestly be bad, be worse than that. I mean, I, well, 16 hours, no, nothing can be worse than that. 16 so, hours with no AC in the car. Nothing, nothing can be worse than that. I remember we stopped at a Zaxby's right right outside of I think Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> and I was broke because I gave Miami all my money. So Yeah, I we should not have gone to Miami. At all. Oh well, live and learn. But cool, Artie. Well, this weekend you and I are gonna get to hang out. We're gonna go down to Greenville. We'll be in Greenville this weekend, Media Day. Excited about that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that on, on the pod today, but um First things first, Artie, do you have a number 58? 58, I do have a 58. Um, this guy right here, near and dear to my heart, one of my favorite 
linebackers growing up. He just did everything the right way, just the, the, the consummate pro. And he's an all-around good guy off the field, too. That is one Thomas Davis uh, Sr., former linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. I believe he played his entire career with Carolina Panthers. I could be mistaken, but I, I think he was a Panther through and through. Um, played over a decade in the NFL. One of the, like, little known. Well, I wouldn't say little known because he was a great linebacker, but one of the guys that didn't get talked about or hyped up the way he probably should have. Uh, played in the era with, you know, Ray Lewis and Erlacher and some of those other uh, real famous linebackers. But Thomas Davis Sr., he could, he could get in. He was one of them dudes that was just awesome to watch and, you know, all the good things he did off the field. So one of my favorite pros of all time. Definitely got to shout out Thomas Davis Sr., uh, number 58. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a, a Hall of Famer. Uh, one that, I mean, when you think of number 58, you probably don't think of him uh, only because he, he only wore that number his rookie year um, back in 19, I believe, 59. Yeah, 1959. Uh, I'm going with a pitcher. St. Louis Cardinals also played for the Cardinals his entire career. Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. one-time MVP, two-time Cy Young Award winner, nine-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ, nine-time Gold Glover, uh, two-time World Series MVP, and he, has, and he had an ERA title. Uh, I'm going Bob Gibson. So, Ooh, yeah. That, okay. That, that that's mine for this week. Uh, no no fun number fifty eights really out there that I could find. And I, I was wrong about Thomas Davis. He did play one year for the Chargers and then one year for the the Washington Commanders, but they don't count. Those are his last two years in the league. He was you know he was already pretty much out. But that's that's one little caveat. So he did play for the Chargers and, and the uh, and the Commanders. Nice, nice. Um, all right. Well. Let's let's start getting into it, Artie. Uh, we're we're going to keep it short this week, um, just because, like Artie said, he he's traveled quite a bit. Uh, I've got a baby to to attend to, so uh, <laughs> first things first. The Boneyard Podcast is proud members of the right the Variety Sports Podcast Network and Variety Sports Collegiate. Go check them out. Uh, follow them at Variety underscore Sports. Um, Lot, lots of great, lots of great podcasts going on. Um, I know they're recording the college football show now, yeah. I think, as we speak. So, and I think they're also going to talk about some of the stuff that we're talking about as far as Pac 4 and American Athletic Conference yeah. mergers, what's going on there. Um, we'll talk a little bit about it on, on this show. I feel like we beat that drum to death. But uh, yeah, lots of good stuff. They're doing a, a fantasy football show uh, coming up soon. They're going to live stream a, a fantasy football draft. Um, go check them out. Give them a follow. Subscribe on YouTube. And while, while you're at it, go subscribe to us on YouTube. All right? At Boneyard Podcast. Make sure you like it. Subscribe. Uh, yes. Leave a comment. We want to hear from you. We're trying to build our, up our uh, our YouTube following. So if you're, if you're listening to us and you want to see us, if you want to see our ugly mugs, Find us on YouTube. Uh, that, that's where you can you can find all of our latest episodes. And then also um, make sure you follow and subscribe on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We, we don't really do much on Facebook, but Twitter and Instagram, TikTok, at Boneyard Podcast. Uh, all right, Artie. I think we got all, all the stuff out of the way. We're ready to Let's go. Let's, Let's talk ECU it. football. Uh, Meet the Pirates is this Saturday. It's it's one of my favorite events. It's a chance for for fans 
students, alumni, all ECU Pirates to, to get together and meet the football team before yeah. they go out to battle for 12 weeks in the fall. Um, make sure you come out. I believe that's at I believe that's at 1130 on, on Saturday. So um, get out there. Get out there early. And then following that, like I said, Artie and I will be attending Media Day for, for ECU. Um, also, I think maybe we'll catch up. Maybe we'll get there a little early, Artie, and, and go to meet the Pirates. And uh, also, I think ECU Volleyball has their Meet the Pirates at the same time. Uh-oh. And maybe so uh, go check it on Izzy. Go, go see how Izzy's doing as yeah. they get ready to kick off their season. Um, the scrimmage is closed to, to the public. Usually that scrimmage before media day and meet the Pirates is typically an open scrimmage, and they do it in Dowdy mm-hmm. Ficklin. This – this year, they're going to have a closed scrimmage. They're in full prep mode for, for the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan, serious. they, they want to go in there and, and turn college football on its head. And is um, priming themselves up to be able to do that. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, I, I was looking forward to the scrimmage. I always, always like going. I always like going down on yeah. the field and – and seeing it up close and personal. Um, unfortunately for us, it's going to be closed, but um, the guys are going to be hard at work and, and getting after it. So all in all, if you were planning on going to a, on the, going to the scrimmage, that's no longer available. Um, so yeah, Artie, let, let's talk about uh, ECU getting another commitment. I mean, ECU right now, I believe is ranked, when you look at the the strength of recruits going into next year, I believe they're ranked in the top four in the American. Uh, mm-hmm. Things things are changing day day after day, right? Like we're we're in the heat of recruiting season. Guys are committing and getting offers. They just went through camp season and all that. Uh, ECU picked up a, a commitment out of a twenty twenty four D back. Jamarley Riddle, he had offers from Army, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and Navy. Um, also had some FCS offers, some decent FCS offers. I mean, Northern Iowa is, is usually pretty good. Mercer's right. usually up there. Charleston Southern's been okay. So, and Southeast Missouri State. Um, so, ECU's doing pretty well on, on the recruiting front, and I, I like where where they're headed. And a lot of the guys that have commitments. A lot of them haven't been rated quite yet on, on 24-7 and on ESPN. So um, be on the lookout for that because ECU may end up having one of the top recruiting classes in the conference this year. And I, I'd be hard-pressed to say that they they may even be find their way into like the top 60, top 50 um, yeah. recruiting classes this year. I, I'm really excited about this this 2024 class. So uh, any any thoughts on that, Artie? Yeah, I mean, coach staying hot, man. Coaches staying hot. They stand on these kids' tails. They're not taking days off. You know, this is this is how you breed success. This is how you breed a good program. You don't get complacent. You know, when you're supposed to have off days, it's not really an off day. You're still going out and doing what you got to do. Staying at these kids. I love getting these southern kids too. Georgia, Florida, 
Texas, North Carolina, South Carolina. Okay, let's get these Southern boys in here because we know we 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 know these these grad cornbread boys are the, are the real deal. So um, just like to see it, you know, staying consistent, doing what we got to do to get uh, top quality recruits into this program. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it, and they've shown th- this coaching staff. Honestly, is is probably the best recruiting staff that we've had ever in, in the history of, of ECU, especially with how important recruiting is nowadays, right? I mean, used to it, it wasn't hard; it wasn't as hard to get those top end guys, right? Just because now you've got the P five versus the G five, that bullshit. But you also are now having to P5, think about more. It's P four and G six, G five and a half because the pack is P two. <laughs> that's really what it is. It's it's closer to a P three, um, with with the Big Ten, Big Twelve, and SEC. But yeah, I mean, so it, it's like a P three and then G like. Like I said, five and a half, G6. Um, And who knows? I mean, I I think we're headed to a place where it's the P2 and then everybody else. And then eventually we may just get back to more regional conferences. I don't know. Um, But with all that being said, it's harder to recruit. It's harder to recruit now. You got so many kids. So many high schools that you're recruiting from all over the country. It used to be you recruited from the same three or four states. Everybody was fairly local, right? Now you're having guys. I mean, we got a guy from California on our team. We've got guys from all over the country on our team, right? And they get offers from ECU, and then they decide they want to play at ECU. Think about some of these other schools like your Alabamas, your Texases, your Ohio States, your Michigans. Georgia's they're recruiting and they're recruiting all over the country and 24 seven and ESPN and rivals and all those websites are ranking these guys. And there's thousands of them that are trying to get one of the, I believe it's 80 scholarships on on those football teams. And I mean, there's 132, so 132 FBS teams now, 133. It's either one or one thirty four. I thought. I I don't know. You've had a lot. You got you got the one three right. Because it's because JMU, Sam Houston State, Jacksonville State, and I'll say one more have all come up to the FBS level in the last year. So. But I say all that because now you're you're competing with not only are you having to look at the NIL, you're having to look at the the facilities, you're having to look at prestige, you're having to look at all these other things, you're having to text these guys, you're having to make them edits and post for their Instagram and TikTok and their all these other pages, you're having to make social graphics for them to make them feel wanted. And then it, there's so much that goes into recruiting. It used to just be, Hey, I like that coach. I'm going to go play for him. 
It, it used to just be showing up at a, at a kid's doorstep. You sit on his couch, you talk to his mom and dad, convince the parents first, and then you convince the kid. And that's that's really what recruiting was. Yeah. And now it's it's so digital, it's so social media. You have to have all these the, the hoopla and flair around it. It's really kind of taken away from the whole point of like you're here to play football. But you're right. It, it, there's so much that goes into trying to get these recruits, especially these big name recruits, and you have all this money that's going to be thrown away with NIL now. Um, it's crazy. It's it, it's a crazy song, but I think these coaches are, are navigating it well. Yeah, I mean, you give me you give me a coach that comes into my home and eats my mama's chicken and dumplings and says the blessing with us and talks with us. I mean, that that's that's what kind of coach I I want. But not every not every guy is, is that way. And I'm about to say these these kids nowadays they don't care about that. They're not. That's not. But you know, but some do. And so these. Some do, and the, this coaching staff and all coaching staffs, the good ones, have to be able to play to all of, all of those things. And that, that's what I'm saying is you've got to be able to call up a guy or text up a guy and say, hey, how are you doing? How's your grades? Check in on them. But also have you have a whole we, – we could honestly – we could probably have somebody from the recruiting staff for ECU – come on the podcast and talk about all the behind the scenes stuff that they just do. I mean, to recruit these kids. That's actually a good idea. We've talked about it and I, I've talked to some people about ha- having them on and maybe we should just do that. Maybe, maybe coming soon we should, that's maybe we'll do that during the bye week this year. Yeah. Um, that, that, that would be a good podcast. Just talk straight you recruiting, straight recruiting. What goes on behind the scenes to get these kids in this program. How many burgers in a, how many burgers are, are we handing out to kids for breakfast? And don't pull a Jim Harbaugh. You can't buy body a hamburger. It's, it is, it is forbidden. It is sin. Cannot buy a college kid a burger. I, I don't understand. Like you can give, you can feed the kids. You can give them a meal, give their families a meal, but it has to be like part of a recruiting activity, right? Like, right. yeah, you, you can't just take them out on your own free free will and just I, and just feed them. I I don't understand. No I don't understand. Yeah, it makes no sense. And it, it just sours the. I mean, if we beat Michigan week one. I shouldn't say if I should say when we beat Michigan week one, <laughs> Artie. It just it just it won't feel as good. It'll it'll feel great still. Hey, don't get me wrong. No, it, no, Jared. It will, it will definitely still feel. But, as I, good. <laughs> but I would love to beat Jim Harbaugh while he's got a big chaw in his mouth. You want you want Harbaugh on the sidelines if and when they do it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see him and his khakis and his uh, baseball cap and his glasses. With that stone look on his face, like what the hell just with happened? It, with his head hung, his head hung low, like oh my gosh, we just got beat by East Carolina University, and East Carolina University say, "We're here, bitch." 
Hey. My only caveat to that is if ECU goes up to Ann Arbor and stuns and because that really is putting the college football world upside down. I mean, Michigan's gonna be at worst the second ranked team in the country. They are I mean preseason the AP poll came out this week. Okay, so, so they are yeah, they are number two. They're they're number two right now. So ECU's gotta go undefeated. Like if, if, if like if you go to Ann Arbor and beat Michigan, I need 12 and 0. I need a conference championship. I need a New Year's Six Bowl. If, if ECU beats that, is like what? What are we doing? If ECU beats Michigan and goes 12 and 0, are they ranked in the top 10 by the end of the they season? They would have to. I feel like they would. Have they got to be ranked. They got to be ranked close to top six. If they if they if they go to Ann Arbor beat Michigan, right? That's preseason number number two. All right, and then you run the table after beating the second-ranked team in the country and you win a conference championship, yeah, they would probably be fifth or sixth. <laughs> You're talking about a team that could make the college football playoff. Yeah, ECU. I don't think they would just because they – You beat the number two team in the country. It's, it's politics, though, Jared. They would On the ECU. road. They would. You beat, you beat the team be that won – you beat the team that beat the Heisman Trophy winner last year. You you beat an SMU. You beat a UTSA who at that time is probably ranked. You like play the hardest schedule in the conference and you beat the number two team in the country. How do you not give them put them into the college football playoffs? Like, if they if they go the way, 13 and up? The way the politics run though, they would because because this is what the, the CFP is gonna say. They're gonna do strengths of schedule, right? So they'll say, okay, well, they went to Ann Arbor beat Michigan. But how many other top 15 or top 10 teams? did they beat in this undefeated season? Like if we beat a 24th ranked Tulane or a 22nd ranked SMU, they're not going to put us over probably a one loss. Hell, even Michigan that wins the conference championship, well, one loss Ohio State. Like the politicking, it, w- it wouldn't happen. Like we could run the table and they still probably wouldn't put us in there. Mm. And we would deserve to be there, absolutely. Yeah, but they wouldn't. they wouldn't put us in there. Mm-mm-mm. Artie, I just realized I completely went out of order this week. I just realized this. As far as what? As far as who we play third week of the season. We're going to do our <laughs> Marshall preview tonight. <laughs> it should have been App State. I'm going to say that's App State. <laughs> App State. Look, we're in the four month sleep regression now. There's been there's been several nights this week where between my wife and I we may have gotten a combined six hours of sleep combined. For the whole week. Uh, No, I mean there's been several nights where we didn't get sleep at all. Good lord, Jared, I did not I would we 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 would not be we would (laughs) not be recording a podcast. Tonight, um, yeah, we'll we'll do App State next week. I think people will we'll build that's a, a that, that's, that's a big one. We gotta you know we gotta have a little bit more filler for that one anyway. So yeah, that, that's a big one. So Marshall and Marshall, don't get me wrong, Marshall is a big one. It is, and they'll be good this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're gonna be a a sneaky so, good. Team. Already looking at it. Going back to our conversation about ECU going 12 and 0. Yeah. Let's just say ECU starts the season one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
eight and zero with with road wins at UTSA and at Michigan and at, at App State. I mean, those are not those are three tough places to play. There, yeah. And then they play also play a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, no Tulane team at home after Tulane has beaten Ole Miss, UAB, and Memphis. Also, mm-hmm. don't count out Southern Miss. Two eight no team college game day has got to be in Greenville, right? If Tulane and ECU are both undefeated at that, at that point in time, ain't no. I don't. I don't know how you wouldn't because they're, they're both going to be ranked and they will probably both be in the top fifteen. So unless you unless you have some you know marquee SEC or Big Ten matchup where you have like a top five you know two top five teams going to be against each other, I don't see how that would not be a college game day coming to Greenville. Eight and no That's... ECU after Michigan. Eight and no Tulane. I don't see how that wouldn't be a. That's what week is that week ten? Because you both have your now. This body. is all fantasy talk, but that would this is be hey phenomenal. We're living in a fan. All right, already. I guarantee that they're not. If that's the case, they ain't coming to Greenville. Sorry about it. Because LSU Alabama plays that weekend too. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, especially after that LSU Alabama game last year. Yeah, they've probably yeah. already they've already booked that one for college game day. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna happen. It's in Tuscaloosa. It's in Tuscaloosa this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about the week before? Go, I mean, on the road at San Antonio. Mm. Now, if UTSA is undefeated. And we're, you know, obviously undefeated. I could see them going to, to San Antonio. That's in UTSA. I mean, that's that's a market. I mean, San Antonio's big city. That's that's somewhere I could actually see them like legitimately saying, okay, yeah, we could we could do that. I mean, outside of that game, if both if ECU is six and one going into that game, and UTSA is undefeated, that that I could see college game day there. I think they would. I think they would consider it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think they would do I mean, it. But I should, think they would absolutely consider it. Just looking at it, I mean, I could see them going. Maybe Ohio State, Wisconsin. Uh, that's the that's the other big marquee matchup that weekend. Ohio State, Wisconsin. Maybe Clemson, NC State, depending on how they're doing. Tennessee at Kentucky is interesting. Um, other than that, like, well, then you then you also have Oregon at Utah. Mm. Which, yeah, Oregon, you, but both of those teams could be disappointments too. I mean, I mean they could both be great, or they could both be other disappointments. So, uh, I'm looking week three. Honestly, just go ahead and book it. Week three, college game day comes to Greenville, ECU Marshall. Why not? It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Where are they going to go? Hawaii at Oregon? 
Not going to happen. There, there's some other marquee matchup that weekend that, that they're going to go to. Uh, the only one I could see is Tennessee at Florida. Not going to Villanova at UCF. <laughs> Not going to NC Central at UCLA. Central goes to UCLA this year? <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Now that's a uh, matchup I never thought I'd ever see in my life. I could see them at Tulane, Southern Miss. Southern Miss is going to be that? I don't think Southern Miss will be that great. ECU at, at that, actually, this is at App State. Once again, week three is ECU App State. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I felt, I felt victim too. I didn't even catch that. Mm. ECU App feels like a college game. They like it, but they've already, but they already went to App last year. They're not going back to App. Yeah, that's bullshit that they went to to App. Um, They're not going back. All right, let's look. Let's look at what the what the lineups. Are for week two. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to find a place for for college game day to come to Greenville. I mean, the best matchup for that is Ole Miss Tulane. That's week two. App State at Carolina. I could see them doing that. I could see them going to Chapel Hill. That pissed me the fuck off. I could see that. I don't, have they ever been to Chapel Hill? I don't even know if they've done college game day at Chapel Hill. Yeah, they've done they've done college game day at Chapel Hill. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't. I think places where college game day. I know they do basketball college game day two or three times a year, but I didn't know they did football college game day. There. Every Power Five school that has not hosted ESPN college game day. Speaking of which, already as while we're talking about college game day. You know, um, David Pollock, no longer a member of the game day crew. I did not go by ESPN. Yeah, he's let go by ESPN about a month and a half ago. Do you know who's who's taking his place? No. None other than friend of the podcast, Stanford Steve. Stanford Steve's taking the place. Now, look, that's I like Stanford Steve getting his shot there, and he definitely deserves that. But I like David Pollock. Well, they didn't have to get rid of David Pollock. He was he was a good. I know. So I like David Pollock. They should have just got rid of old man Lee Corso and called him. That 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 fossil's gonna die <laughs> on college game day. So then I get really all right. Power five schools already. If you could, there's one, two, three, four. I'm not about to guess these damn schools. Five, six, seven, seven schools that have not hosted college game day. This is as of October 8th, 2022. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you name, try, try your best. I said there's seven. Try your best to name them. Cal Berkeley. One. So, oh, so they they are on there. They no, they they haven't been to Cal. Okay, I, I figured, I figured the seven that they Cal haven't would be one. That's one of them. Rutgers. That's two. UConn. No, UConn's not part of five. 
UConn's not power five. God, I don't, I don't know, Jared. I, Cal and Rutgers are the only ones I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I can't really think of nobody else they ain't been to. All right. A lot of them are in the Big Ten. Okay. Northwestern? Uh, They've been to Northwestern. Okay. Minnesota? Been to Minnesota. Been to Minnesota Damn. a couple of times, I believe. I know you, want been me, to Iowa. you want me to give it to you? Yeah, go ahead. Been to Iowa. All right. Cal? Yep. Duke? Mm. Never been to Duke. Okay. Never been to Illinois. Damn, I thought they had Never been to, been to Maryland. Okay. Never been to Rutgers. Okay. Never been to Syracuse. That makes sense. And never been to Virginia. That's the one that kind of surprises me. Yeah, I'm surprised about Virginia. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess Virginia's never I – mean, they've had good seasons, but never been great. Historically, not even historically. Yeah, but you, you, you think you think about some of the Virginia, Virginia Tech games, Virginia, other some other Virginia, Carolina. Yeah. Um, that's a, yeah. that's actually one program. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing them really good at football. Virginia wouldn't mind seeing them have a, have a good football program every now and then. Mm. I just yeah. like the stadium. I think it's a, I think it's a cool looking stadium. Their, their fan base sucks. Their fan base sucks. And hey, look, they are the Chapel Hill of Virginia. I know that that's the wine and cheese crowd. So, oh yeah, they honestly, them and Virginia Tech are like they're both very much that swanky. Virginia Tech mm-hmm. not as much. Virginia Tech is more like a uh, they're close to an NC State, but they're not. They're still like uh, whatever you would say between an NC State and a, a Carolina fan. <laughs> They're annoying. They're yeah. still very annoying. Um, all right, Artie, let's do our week two preview. We'll do week three next week. Yes, sir. And then we'll we'll finish it off by previewing previewing the season opener against Michigan that final week before the season. All right. Artie, last year, Marshall, they go nine and four. Yep. Let's look at their schedule. Um, Had some big wins. Had some very big wins. I mean, beat Notre Dame, um, beat James Madison, then beat App State, beat Georgia Southern. They finished the season real hot. Real hot. Um, started the season last year against Norfolk State, one fifty-five to three, and then that second week of the season when App State beat Texas A&M, Notre Dame beat, or Marshall beat Notre Dame. I think there was another big win for the Sun Belt that weekend, and everybody was like, "Oh crap!" Like, man, the Sun Belt is like yeah, they they, they had like three off. in the second weekend where they beat like top twenty-five teams. And it all like Notre Dame. Notre Dame was good last year, but they weren't like Notre Dame good. Yeah, right, right. You know, Texas A and M severely overrated. Severely Sucks. overrated. Well, look, they had they had they had like fifteen top five 
five-star recruits. They weren't supposed yeah. to be that bad. And now somehow after what Texas A&M go last year, like three and nine, somehow they're they, they back in the top 25. Texas A&M is going to win seven, eight football games this year. No, I don't think they should be in the top 25. But they'll win, they'll win seven, seven, eight football games. So Marshall beats Notre Dame. Then they lose their next two games against Bowling Green and then Troy. Get back on the on the winning side of things by beating Gardner Webb. ECU's uh, week four matchup this year. Lose to Louisiana. Then go back out, beat James Madison. Lose to Coastal Carolina, a team that got dog walked by East Carolina last year. Beat Old Dominion 12 to nothing. What a football score. 12 to nothing. Beat App that State is, twenty. That is nineteen fifteen type of football right there. Nobody can score a touchdown. I, I think I remember that game. Like they, nobody can score a touchdown, and they just kick field goals. But hey, they count the same. Um, then they beat App State, beat Georgia Southern, beat Georgia State, finished the season off by beating UConn in the uh, Myrtle Beach Bowl down in Conway, South Carolina. Nine and four, five and three in the Sun Belt. Finished off on a five-game winning streak. Then, looking ahead to this year, Artie, I I believe their schedule is a little bit light. Maybe, I don't know. They get a seven and a half win total. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing anything between six to seven and a half wins. Um, they've got, they've definitely got some dubs on here, and I think they've got some L's too because they do have a, a few teams on here where it's, you know they've got some tough competition. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, week one, you University of Albany. That's a W. The Great Danes. That's a win. Then week two on the road at East Carolina. That's an L. And look, no, no matter how it you know shapes out, you, you're getting an ECU team that just, just traveled to Ann Arbor, right? So I mean, like this this is not going to be as hard of a matchup for East Carolina. Like, like I just feel like that Ann Arbor game is preparing us to be able to beat a Marshall team. Marshall's going to be good. They're going to give us their best shot. But I just I feel like the competition that you see the week before, and then you go play Marshall at home, we're going to be ready. I mean, I, I would say that Marshall may be my sleeper for the Sun Belt Championship. I can see that. I mean, after I mean, us, what do, you, what do you got? You've got um, open date, Virginia Tech. They're not going to be that great this year. I don't think they will. They're still rebuilding. That's a tough open time date. to have your open date. Yeah. Week week three, and then you got to play 10 straight weeks. Yep. That's, that's tough. And – Really, it's – I mean, you play – luckily, you come home for two straight weeks, play Virginia Tech, play Old Dominion. Right. Then you go on the road at NC at State. That's right, L. Then you're on the road again at Georgia State. Home against James Madison. On the road at, at Coastal. At on the App. road at App. 
Then you got Georgia Southern, who I mean, Georgia Southern's no pushover. South Alabama and uh, Arkansas, Arkansas State. State. A- another team that couldn't make noise in the Sun Belt is that South Alabama team. They're supposed to be really good this year. Um, yeah, they were. They were sleepers last year. They were actually. Yeah. Okay. So win, loss. I think they beat Virginia Tech at home. I do too. They beat Old Dominion. So right now they're three and one, three and two after NC State. Yep. Four and two after Georgia State. Four and three after James Madison. Five and three after Coastal Carolina. Okay. I think they lose to App. I, I was I was about to say five and four after App. Six and four after Georgia Southern. Mm. I think they win those last two. Honestly, I, don't, I, I, think, I, they, just, I think they beat South Alabama in a, in a dog fight. Yeah, that that game's a toss up to me. I, I I'm gonna put them at six and five. Okay, take the under. I, I'm saying they're okay. They're not. They're not winning the conference championship. Sorry about it. I think I think seven. I think I think they go. I think they go seven and five. I think Marshall goes seven and five this year. Okay, I got them at six and six. I believe seven. I don't know, seven and five, six and six. I, I think I don't think. They're over under on, on win total this year, seven and a half. I, I don't think they hit it. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else on Marshall? Let's see. Their quarterback's back this year, Cam Fancher. Didn't really play that well last year. I'm pulling up his stats now. Um, and then they lost. Who'd they lose already? Didn't they lose a wide receiver and running back? Yeah, yeah, wide receiver Corey Gavich, he was their best receiver, uh, running back Kalen LeBourne, who's their best running back. Now, they do have a running back that was uh, injured all of last year. He had over 1,000 rushing yards as a freshman, as a true freshman. Yeah, he's got all league guy. Be decent. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they, that, they that, lose their that best guy, receiver. That guy could be, I mean, <laughs> I, I'll say Ali is – a slightly bigger Keen Mitchell. Maybe not as shifty, but definitely a pretty good uh running back to have. Right. Uh this this Cam Fancher guy. He had 235 attempts, 131 completions, 55% completion percentage. Passed for awesome. 100 or 1000 1558 yards, averaged 6 and 6.6 6 yards per pass. 10 touchdowns, six interceptions. His long longest pass was 71 yards. Um, really kind of took over in the back half of the season. Yeah. He, he's really not somebody that is going to beat you with his legs. I mean, I'm looking at it. There was one game last year that he played in, that first game against Old Dominion, the game where nobody scored a touchdown. Um he had 18 carries for 136 yards, but we also know that Old Dominion last year didn't have the best defensive line. So right. I, I don't. Nothing stamp. Nothing jumps out at me about 
his, his stats. Right. Right. He feels like a game manager quarterback. Like he doesn't feel like the kind of guy that can go out there and win a football game for his team. He just, his job is to go out there and not lose the game. <laughs> so he feels like a game manager type of quarterback. I mean, 55% completion, that is not a good completion percentage. It's not what you want to have. Now, towards the back half of the year, he really started picking it up. Um, now, he didn't play against Norfolk State. He, I mean, he got a couple snaps in, but nothing really serious. Didn't play at all against Notre Dame. Well, it looks like he had three three carries for 12 yards. Didn't didn't pass the ball at all. And then Bowling Green got in a little bit. But towards the back half of the season, that, that's when he really took off. And, I mean, the last five games of the regular season, he had, had double-digit carries. Mm-hmm. But – when you have double-digit carries and, and you're a quarterback, I'm wanting to see you consistently over that that 65, 70-yard mark. I mean, granted, he there was one game, that Coastal Carolina game, 13 carries for negative three yards. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. But that's uh, – I don't know. With how EC's defensive line is going to be stacked up this year, I I, I think it's going to be tough. And I mean, they saw Ali uh, two years ago in, in the miraculous comeback game. So I, I don't think that this defensive line, this defense, is going to be too scared of them. And this this they're going to make this guy have to throw. And right. he's shown that he's not consistent when when he has to throw the ball. Um, so. I, I like I like how ECU matches up against Marshall on on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the only thing is, I mean their O line their O line's pretty good. They they've got a solid O line returning a lot of guys. Um, so for that for Ali that's going to be big. But he's coming off a knee injury. I think he missed yeah. what ten games last year. Much like Rajay Harris, how does that? knee injury affect him going into this season right is he is he a little slower uh i mean week two to start the season i mean yeah he's 100 percent cleared to play but how like everybody knows that when you're 100 percent cleared to play yeah that's great but you're still worried about having to pivot and juke somebody right, right? like put your foot in the ground Game game speed is so much different than practice speed or any. I mean, game speed is you can't it's it, you can't compare it to anything. It's it's by it's alone by itself. So you're really not going to know until he gets in there and he's he's a part of that action. Yeah, I mean, going from playing the University of Albany to then playing East Carolina, that that's a that's a big shift, right? So um, that game speed is gonna you're gonna turn that up ten times especially coming in on the road. Right. Uh, I believe that game's at 6 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Ooh. What, what time is that game? That, that game is at... That's going to be a late night for us. No, no, that's a 4 o'clock game on ESPNU. Okay, thank you, God. Thank you know God. that that's going to be... Greenville until damn near midnight. Oh, well, I've left, there's been times where I've left Greenville at 2 a.m., um and had a three-hour drive that's you want to talk about rough um yeah four four o'clock on espnu inside of a dowdy ficklin stadium when it's the first home game of the season 
Yeah. ECU by a landslide. Book it. Book it. I'm done. I, I don't need to talk anymore about Marshall because that, that's a dub. We're good on Marshall. That's a dub. We are. Artie, anything else on, on Marshall? Other than, I mean, we've talked about it before. Rivalry built on love. Um, we all know, and, and we all know the story. Like, I don't hate, I don't hate Marshall. That, I no. hate NC State. I hate respect. Virginia Tech. I don't hate Marshall. I hate UCF. Don't hate Marshall. And I'm going to go ahead and get my walk the plank out of the way. I don't know. I don't have the guy's name. I'm not going to give him followers. I'm not going to shout his name out. But there's a U- USF fan who mocked the plane crash just this week on Twitter when talking about how USF needs to be in a power five conference said something about when we hit turbulence, we don't crash. What the hell has South Florida done in the last decade? Artie South Florida. Do you know what their record is against uh, here? What do you think their record is in conference over the last three years? It, it's been a, it's been atrocious. They're awful. That is an take awful a guess. Record. Take a guess. In the last three years, what is what is their record in, in conference? We have eight conference games a year. Let's say four and twenty. One in twenty-two. <laughs> wow. Wow. And they're talking about joining a Power Five conference. One in twenty-two. They have the worst athletic program, and they should because they're in Tampa. But it's, it's like they're just awful. And that's the only the only thing going for them is they have AAU accreditation, where they've got the top end. They're, they're seen as one of the top research schools in the country, and they they have Tampa. Yeah, that's all that they have going for them. All that they have going for them. I, I've never met a USF fan. I've never met, I've met Temple fans. I've met fans of UCF. I've met fans. I've even met Tulsa fans. I, there's a guy down my street that li- that went to Tulsa. Yeah. Never in my life have I ever met a USF fan. I just see the same three or four guys tweeting. And one of them made a mockery of the plane crash. So he can walk the damn plank. And USF, you can walk the damn plank. Um, Artie, we can talk more about realignment, but I honestly, we've there's nothing else to say. Eventually something's going to happen. We're going to get a call. It's going to happen. Do you, so, okay, do you think, you think ECU get, is in, in the talks? John Gilbert said that he likes the position we're in. And he doesn't want any private – he didn't want to reveal any private conversations. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Can, yeah. can you hear can, – can you hear the squeaking? A, a little bit. I don't hear it right now. <laughs> Damn it, Ficklin. I'm kidding. <laughs> I love him. I love him. I love him. But he's a hey, look, he's, he's, he's still a baby too. We got a – his birthday party is coming up next weekend. One year? Yeah. Oh wow! August twenty sixth, we're getting him together. We're going to the breeder's house. We're getting him together with his eleven litter mates for the oh first time God. since 
they've been adopted. They are they've... going to wreak havoc. I I'm so glad it's not my backyard. <laughs> they're going to wreak havoc. It is going to be a absolute shit show. Jeez. Mm. All right. So you you believe that EC is getting a call? I, I think they get a call. I, I think that you know, especially the Mountain West and the American. I, I definitely think they're talking to each other, and I, I think they're, they're they're trying to collab on something. And then whatever's left of the Pack Four, I think Stanford's one of those teams that's like a little too prideful. Um, I think they'd rather be independent than, than join forces with with us or the American. Um, but I definitely think ECU's getting a call. I don't know. I, I three days ago, if you asked me, I would have been like, "Yeah, ECU's getting a call." But the longer this draws out, the more I feel like it's not going to happen. The, the longer. And when I, I say get a call, I, I, I more so am saying I, I think conferences are going to merge. Like I, I, I definitely see the Mountain West and the American talking with each other to merge. Yeah. I, the, see, look, the American can grab the Pack Four by its balls. The American, I mean, they can't. Because what leverage does the Pac-4 have? They don't have a media deal. Right. There's four teams against 12. That That is what the Americans at now, 12, right? 14? I don't know. And the, the Pac-4 has to do something because they can't just build an island. Because if they don't, if they don't already, they're going to play a six-game season Next year, irrelevancy just just fade out to the sunset. Best case scenario: Oregon State, Washington State joins the American, Cal and and, and Stanford what do what they want to do, and they go independent. Right. And wait for a, a Big Ten invite. That's that's what's going to happen. The ACC is not bringing them in. I don't see the ACC bringing them in. No, they no. voted NC State, Carolina. Florida State and Miami voted against adding those schools yeah. earlier this week. They Cal and Stanford don't want to join the Big 12 because there's too many schools that have religious affiliations in the Big 12 and the academics aren't up to their standards. The American has better academics than the Big 12. Believe it or not, ECU and West Virginia have the same ranking. When it comes to academics, did you know that, Artie? They are rank, they are tied when it comes to academics. USF, Rice, Temple, and I want to say maybe SMU are the top end in in the uh, in the American. Mm-hmm. I believe they're all maybe maybe throwing Tulsa in there. I I, I don't have the, I don't have it in front of me. I'm going off of all the tweets I've seen about it this week. The So those schools would rather join the American than join the Big 12 for religious reasons and for academic reasons. Plus, the, the American has bigger some bigger uh, markets than the Big 12. They have Philly. They have Charlotte. They have Tampa. They have Houston. They have Dallas. Well, they had Houston. No, now they, they got San Antonio in, in Dallas. Well, well, no, I mean, Rice is in Houston. I thought Rice was in Dallas. 
No, Rice is in Houston. SMU is in Dallas, and then you have San Antonio. I did not know Rice was in. I thought I swear I thought Rice was in Dallas. No, Rice is in Houston. So all I'm saying, the American, if Mike Oresco is worth anything, then he needs to, like I said, grab Oliver Luck, the consultant that's been hired by the Pac-4, grab him by the balls and say, look, you have no bargaining power. I don't know why these schools like SMU, Rice, uh, USF, and I think Memphis was one of them, and there's another one. They've all said, like, they're like, begging to be brought into this conference that doesn't have a TV deal that may not even exist in two years. The schools that are in there want out. They want out, Artie. Why are people begging to be in that conference? If anything, say, hey, y'all don't have a conference. Come into our conference. We'll accept you. That's what you do. Then you go to then you go to ESPN and you renegotiate the deal. You say, "Hey, we need twelve to fifteen million dollars per school." You go to Apple. You say, "Hey, how about how about that deal that you had with the Pac-12 originally? We'll do it for twenty mil a year per school. Why not?" And Apple wants to. Apple really wants to invest in in college football. Yeah, they they they're, they're trying to break into that college football market hard. But I don't know, man. Ain't nobody trying to get no Apple subscription and have to. Already imagine, imagine if Apple brought on college football. Here, here's what they need to do. And I, I've said it to. I've talked to some other people this week, and I've got ideas. Apple TV needs to buy the American. Tell the Pac-4 to get their shit together and and join the American. Bring in San Diego State, Boise State, UNLV, and somebody like Colorado State. Okay? Bring those in. Into the the American. 2025, you've got, at that point, I think six, you got 20 teams in the American. Yeah. Apple then does a Hard Knocks-like documentary for college football on all 20 teams. So throughout training camp, Apple has people inside the locker room, inside the practices, filming. Filming almost everything. And then a week before the season, it all comes out. You tell me what college football fan is not going to watch that. I mean, it's 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 phenomenal. But if you're not a fan of any of those schools, you're not getting that appetite. You are, but you're gonna it's, watch it's that. Gonna you're gonna movie. watch it, Artie. You're gonna watch it. Like you're gonna you're gonna watch. No it. SEC fan is signed up for Apple TV to watch the American. No Big Ten fan is signed up for. But Apple they're TV. Si- they're gonna sign up to watch this really cool documentary. I mean, I don't know. I think they do. I'm like, people, it's a good idea. I'm not saying this, people I'm not saying love hard. People subscribe to Max just for Hard Knocks, and they're not fans of. No, I got I got to watch Hard Knocks. I, I missed the first two episodes. I got to watch that after we. Who, who is it this year? The Jets. Jets. Nobody gives a shit about the Jets. Nope. But I'm gonna watch it. 
Exactly. <laughs> imagine following. Imagine fil- following Biff Poggy from Charlotte, and then also following. I don't know whoever whoever the coach is at Navy now. Like following all of them during their summer workouts. Yeah, I mean, it's it's That's not a, a goal bad line. Idea. It's not a bad idea. I know it's not. I don't have bad ideas. No, well, yeah. I don't have. The worst idea I've ever had is starting a podcast with you, you schmuck. Hey, look. I'm kidding. I love you, Artie. It's, 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 it's gotten you to great places. What has it gotten me, Artie? It's gotten you to great places. It's got, First it, off, you get to see my face at least once I'm not week. even looking and at you. that in itself is I'm a not even looking at you. That in itself is a blessing. I don't even see you. You're not on my screen. Okay. <laughs> hey, look. We're an hour Let's get, Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. Make sure you subscribe. Follow us on social media at Boneyard Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, on YouTube. Once again, like us, subscribe to us, and leave us a comment. Give us a five-star review on Apple, five-star review on Spotify. <clears throat> Do that, and you'll be a, a best friend of the podcast for life. For life, Artie. Hey, oh, we're, we're two weeks away from football season, people. Hydrate now. Get ready. It's going to be insane. All right. Artie, final thoughts? Anything? Hey, no, you know let's get the hell out. Wash your hands, wash your butts until next week. Deuce. Peace.